The following audio play is dedicated to the memory of Spencer Prokop. Tonight we present Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Final Problem, adapted by Julie Barrett. Part 3 follows right after this. This portion of the Texas Radio Theater is brought to you by Evil Syndicate Liquidator. Visit Evil Syndicate Liquidators to supply all your dastardly deeds. Huge London operation going out of business sale. Everything must go! Cloaks! Daggers! Stuffed eel skins! German to English dictionaries! Brass knuckles! Specially designed air guns! Used three times! And dozens and dozens of classic art reproductions signed by someone! All serious offers considered. Inquire via postcard simply addressed to Napoleon of Crime, London. I'll get it. All purchases are made at your own risk. Prices subject to change and exclude government fees, taxes, and finance charges, mainly because they're illegal. We cut out the middleman. Literally. Besides, I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. To drop me a card, won't you? And now, we present Act 3 of Sherlock Holmes and the Final Problem, adapted by Julie Barrett. How is your leg, Watson? Well, it couldn't be better. The mountain air is most agreeable. You could not have prescribed a better medicine. Any sign of the um, followers? All is well. Oh. Uh, let us rest for a moment. Her custer? Yeah. I purchased some food in the last village we visited. Let's not have it go to waste. Ah, danke. Here you are. And you, Watson. Oh, thank you. According to my map, we should be very near the Darbensee. Uh, yeah, and if we press on to Meiringen, you can stay at the Englischer Hof, a good guest house. Excellent. Well then, let us waste no time. Onward! It's been a week now since we left Strasbourg. Do you grow weary of our trek? Certainly not. Will your practice suffer? Not especially. In fact, I... Look out! Ah! Are you hurt? No. Oh. See to her, Kuster, while I take a look around. I, I am well, Doctor. Herr Holmes acts as though he expects someone. Oh, merely his nature, I assure you. That rock did not fall on its own. <laughs> on the contrary, Herr Holmes. We have falling rocks often here. Well... There is no one visible, yet I still believe that largest rock was pushed. Ah, in the springtime when the snows melt, we have many rocks fall down the mountains. How far to Meiringen? Not far. We have made good time, Herr Holmes. We part here at Meiringen. Danke schön, Herr Kuster. Your expertise was invaluable. Well, thank you, Herr Kuster. Uh, this guest house is the Englischer Hof. Herr Peter Steiler is very hospitable. Oh, that is Frau Steiler at the door. Well, thank you again. Well, Watson, I should like a hot meal and a warm bed. I could not propose a better plan. Satisfactory? Oh, they certainly are. You are from England? Yes. Uh, well, uh, we, uh, uh, rather, we, we heard that the mountain air is good for the constitution. Oh, it is, it is. 
Oh, and here comes your meal. Uh, careful, gentlemen, the plates are hot. I say, the food looks wonderful. And filling. And afterwards, you will have my special dessert I prepare. My wife makes the best chocolate kuchen. Um, yes, I'm, I'm sure she does. Chocolate cake, my dear Watson. Oh, <laughs> yes, oh, very good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. But only if you eat all your meal. Oh. <laughs> she is joking, of course. Is there anything else you require? Thank you, no. Mm. Mm. That woman makes me feel as if I'm a child, sitting next to my mother. So I've noticed. Well, the food is delicious. Herr Steiler told me earlier that he spent three years at the Grosvenor Hotel as a waiter. That accounts for his excellent English. What else did he tell you? He said that we should on no account miss the falls at Reichenbach. According to him, you can see them from the village. I did indeed give a glance in their direction. He suggested we stop there on the way to Rosenlau. And then there's the glass. Well, we shall go tomorrow, then. I meant it, Watson, when I said that I would cheerfully bring my own career to a conclusion if I were assured that society was free from Professor Moriarty. You would retire, then? I think I may go so far as to say that I have not lived wholly in vain. If my record were closed tonight, I could still survey it with equanimity. Yeah, I'm certain you could. The air of London is the sweeter for my presence. <laughs> in over a thousand cases, I am not aware I've ever used my powers on the wrong side. Of late... I have been tempted to look into the problems furnished by nature rather than those more superficial ones for which our artificial state of society is responsible. Your memoirs will come to an end, Watson, on the day that I crown my career by the capture or extinction of the most dangerous and capable criminal in Europe. And if it means the hanging of Moriarty, then I should be glad to put down my pen. If we are to trek up that mountain to Rosenlau tomorrow, we should get some rest. Guten Morgen, Doctor. Good morning. Did you sleep well? Like a baby. I have made uh, just a bit of coffee for you both. Uh, coffee? Try some, Watson. It is a pleasant way to take the chill off the morning. Yeah. Thank you, Frau Steiler. Will you be staying with us long? We're leaving this morning. Is your husband around? Oh, he will be back shortly. But did you need to speak with him? I only wanted to tell him that we plan to take that hike to Rosenlau, he recommended. Oh, you will stop at the falls. Most certainly. They are beautiful. If you look to the north just there... Yes, I can see them. Oh, from the main road, you can often hear their faint roar. The water drops 250 meters. Well, I look forward to seeing them. Are you ready? I am. Then this is goodbye, Frau Steiler. Give our best to your husband. Oh, auf Wiedersehen, and have a pleasant journey. Goodbye. Oh, I almost forgot, Dr. Watson. Here is a little cheese and some chocolate. Oh, thank you, Frau Steiler. Holmes, wait for me. Here we are, Watson. The crest of the fall. Look at that. The long sweep of green water roaring down in that shaft below. Already writing up this adventure? Well, it's magnificent. 
listen. It almost sounds like a human shout down there in that abyss. I know it's simply water tumbling down the rock into that pit, but it still sounds like a shout. Why, I think I can hear it calling your name. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa, someone is calling my name. Hey, doctor. Oh, yes? A message for you. Oh, the envelope bears the crest of the Englisher half. Oh, it's from Herr Steiler. Dr. Watson, an English woman in the last stages of consumption has been brought in. She was on her way to Lucerne when she was overtaken by a sudden hemorrhage. She refuses to be treated by a Swiss physician. Why? And I will consider it a great favor if you would see her. You must go then. Holmes, I should not leave you alone. It's not safe. If there is one thing I trust you have learned in our adventures, it is that I can handle myself. I cannot very well refuse the last request of a dying woman. But perhaps this young man can stay with you. Yeah, I'll stay. It is but a short distance to Rosenlau from here. I'll take a leisurely route, and you can join me there in the evening. I think I shall stand here against this rock and admire the falls for a moment. All right, then. Herr Steiler? Oh, Frau Steiler. Dr. Watson, you are back. My husband is away again. No doubt getting supplies for the sick woman. I, I got here as fast as I could. I trust she's no worse. Sick woman? What you mean? Well, your husband wrote me this note. There is a sick English woman at the hotel? I don't know about a sick English woman. Let me see. Oh. Yeah, this is our hotel's mark, but this is not my husband's handwriting. No. Oh, it must have been written by that tall Englishman who came in after you had gone. He said... Holmes! I must get back to the falls. Find your husband. We must organize a search party. No, we must send the police. Oh, my dear Holmes. On my way down the mountain, I saw a man in black walking up. I took no notice at the time, but now that I look back, it surely was... Moriarty. Well. Well, Sherlock Holmes, you see I found you after all. And alone. Alone? As are you, that messenger boy. He was just as he appeared to be. You quite effectively saw to it that all my confederates were put under lock and key, whereas I was easily able to slip from Scotland Yard's clumsy grasp. I can say I'm not surprised. But I'm afraid your occupation's gone, Professor, with your organization destroyed, unless you care to return to your mathematics. That was not quite what I had planned. I have another more immediate intention, Sherlock Holmes. Are you prepared? Before we discuss that, perhaps you could extend me one small courtesy, Professor. Certainly. What is it? My friend Watson will, no doubt, be somewhat concerned when he returns. May I take a moment to scribble a note to him? Of course. We can fix the paper beneath your alpenstock, beside that large stone. You may take as long as you wish. That's very good of you. We need not stop our conversation. It will not interfere with my writing. You knew, of course, that the message to Watson was a false one. Yes. I instantly recognized it could only come from one source. And yet you let him go. What purpose would it serve to put his life in danger? And besides... Besides? I've looked forward for a long time to this 
final jewel between us. I believe it, Mr. Holmes. You're a very remarkable man. In many ways, sir, I'm proud to have known you. And I you, Professor. There. My letter is done. Perhaps you'll be kind enough to place it where you suggested. Absolutely. There. Now, how shall it be, Moriarty? A classic duel? I did not bring a pistol. Well, I confess you have surprised me again, sir. As you can see, I am armed. It goes into the falls. Hand to hand? Yes. Goodbye, Professor Moriarty. Goodbye, Sherlock Holmes. Please. We are nearly there. Herr Steiler has sent a message to Interlaken. We should have more police soon, as well as the search party. I hope we are not too late. Holmes! Holmes! Perhaps he went on to Rosenlau. Perhaps. There, against that rock where I left him. It is Alpenstock. Herr Holmes! Take a look over here. There are two lines of footprints to go along this path to the falls. No footsteps return. Holmes! Come back from the edge. There is nothing you can do. Yes. I will look along the path. Uh, this is... Wait. I see a glint of silver under the Alpenstock. His cigarette case. These papers underneath appear to have been torn from his notebook. My dear Watson, I write these very few lines through the courtesy of Mr. Moriarty who awaits my convenience for the final discussion of those questions which lie between us. His actions of late certainly confirm the very high opinion of which I had formed of his abilities. I am pleased to think that I shall be able to free society from any further effects of his presence, though I fear that it is at a cost which will give pain to my friends, and especially, my dear Watson, to you. Oh, Holmes... Why? I have already explained to you, however, that my career had in any case reached its crisis and that no possible conclusion to it could be more congenial to me than this. Indeed, if I may make a full confession to you, I was quite convinced that the letter was a hoax and I allowed you to depart on that errand under the persuasion that some development of this sort might follow. I knew that I should never have left his side. Tell Inspector Patterson that the papers which he needs to convict the gang are in the pigeonhole M, done up in a blue envelope and inscribed Moriarty. I made every disposition of my property before leaving England and handed it to my brother Mycroft. Pray give my greetings to Mrs. Watson and believe me to be, my dear fellow, very sincerely yours, Sherlock Holmes. There is no sign of them. I fear they went over the falls. Here. Hmm. Yes, it would appear so. I shall stay until you find his body. Recovery is doubtful and it grows dark. We shall search the basin of the falls in the morning. And I will help.
A few words suffice to tell what little remains. An examination by experts leaves little doubt that a personal contest between the two men ended as it could hardly fail to end in such a situation in their reeling over, locked in each other's arms. Any attempt at recovering their bodies is absolutely hopeless. And there, deep down in that dreadful cauldron of swirling water and seething foam, will lie for all time the most dangerous criminal and the foremost champion of the law of their generation. As to Moriarty's gang, it will be within the memory of the public how completely the evidence which Holmes had accumulated exposed their organisation, and how heavily the hand of the dead man weighed down upon them. Of their terrible chief, few details came out during the proceeding. If I have now been compelled to make a clear statement of Moriarty's career, it is due to those injudicious champions who have endeavoured to clear Moriarty's memory by attacks upon him whom I shall ever regard as the best and wisest man whom I have ever known. You've been listening to Sherlock Holmes and The Final Problem, adapted by Julie Barrett from a story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. It was produced by the Texas Radio Theater Company. This production was made possible in cooperation with the Arlington Museum of Art, the British Emporium, and by your support and generous contributions. Our executive producer is Shannon Froelich. Our production manager is Ken Rainey. Original music was composed by Lucien Desar. It was engineered and directed by Richard Frollo. Live sound effects were created by Ken Rainey. At this time, we'd like to invite our cast back up to the microphones. Robert Clover Brown. Dr. Watson. David Grant. Sherlock Holmes. Spencer Prokop. Professor Moriarty. Richard Miller. You have any luggage, sir? Sheila Kadam. Ivy Douglas and Mary Watson. Brian Lockett. Inspector McGregor. Herr und the Swiss Police. Margot Coppell. Frau Steiler and the Ergen Wielding Flower Girl. Special thanks go to our all-volunteer cast and crew, and especially to you for helping keep this valuable form of entertainment alive. On behalf of the Texas Radio Theater Company, I'm your announcer, Ken Rainey, saying thank you for listening and have a very pleasant evening. You have been listening to part three of Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes and the Final Problem, adapted by Julie Barrett and directed by Richard Froelich. This audio play was performed and recorded in front of a studio audience in November 2007 at the Arlington Museum of Art, Grapevine Public Library, ICT Studio, and the Dallas Public Library.